hidden treasures of the 119th Psalm. Like all the Hebrew letters, each one is Jesus in its own way, and um, as they are all an expression of God. And so here we are in the ion section. We get to verse 122 today, and it would be the understanding of this idea of God's providence, um, of God's vision for us. And <laughs> it's so spectacular in the way that it, it relates to that first verse we talked about last time which is, I have done justice and judgment, leave me not to my oppressors. We talked about the order that that's found in, <clears throat> and we talked about how Jesus taught on this. And, and so how can we understand this is fascinating because obviously we are going to face that judgment. And judgment, I used to think of as a really difficult thing, but the more you study this particular psalm, the more you get to know God, the more you realize that judgment is a matter of refining and getting out all the bad so that we can have the good. And oh, is God so good. And so as we face his judgment, we, we, we are short of goodness. <laughs> and so when we read this idea here of understanding um, what the psalmist knew, uh, it's just absolutely phenomenal. So 122 in English, again, every verse in the ion section is going to start with an ion and give us a, a better vision of what God's vision is. So here we go. Be surety for thy servant for good. Let, the, let not the proud oppress me. So we got this idea here that really um, just speaks to the whole tri to tribe of Judah. It speaks to, obviously, Jacob and Judah, because the first time that we see this word surety, which, you know, honestly, that word is not used very often anymore, but the idea is like that of a cosigner, somebody who's going to lay their line out, life out. And in Genesis, when, you might remember, Joseph got <laughs> sent into slavery by his brothers, one of which was Judah, and then, you know, ended up in prison and through a lot of things that happened, ended up over all of Egypt. Well, at the same time, a great drought had happened in Egypt. And so, I mean, excuse me, in all of that area, including Egypt and uh, Israel. And so Jacob's family was without, and they had to go, right, get food from Egypt. And who would they get it from is actually Joseph, to um, you know, bring the prophecy that Joseph himself had said that you know <laughs> that he would be over all his brothers, and so when he comes, you know, obviously he is got all those brothers have different mothers, and his mother only had two of them, which were Joseph and Benjamin. So he was very very close to his little brother Benjamin because they had the same mother, and of course, you know, Benjamin was. Um, the son of his father's right hand. And so this is awkward because Joseph wants to see him, but Jacob doesn't want to let go of him. And so here's this impasse. And this is where all of a sudden we see this idea of surety because Judah, the big brother here, the, you know, the namesake of the tribe of Judah, he steps in and all of a sudden puts the father's interests above his own. He, and he says, I'm going to be surety that Joseph is going to come back safe. And in fact, I'm going to put his blood on my head, so to speak. And if he gets in any trouble, you can, you know, I'll be cursed for whatever. And, and so he literally took that idea of 
of goodness, he was going to take and put on his own head to make sure that his brother got got there safe. And the reason he did that, again, was to be a surety as the father. As well, we talked about last episode, this was something that was continued as, a, as an idea in the tribe of Judah as we see David stepping ahead and making surety for all the people that he was judging, right? He was going to have to get justice done after he judged them, but often it would say in the Midrash that he would pay their fines, just as Judah was really doing, in this case, for um, his brother. And, and in so many different ways, it, it was the way that we we begin to see that Judah walked into his blessing. If you read the blessing of Judah that Jacob gave him after this, you can see how this whole tribe would be blessed in this way. Um, and this idea that really is so beautiful, it's unbelievable, that because of Jesus' goodness, when we accept him and we take on his penalty, we, you know, where he, he co-signed for us for good, then we face judgment. Well, since we're already right, made right by Jesus, then the judgment part is wonderful because we get to spend eternity. Um, that's God's vision. It's God's vision. You see this idea of the iron, which is also the idea of the eye, but it's kind of like the eye of God. And so God's eye is on this idea of surety. It's just on this idea that Jesus would pay our penalty. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so I did my show last Saturday on, you know, when did you co-sign for somebody? When did somebody co-sign for you? And, and you know, it's an amazing thing how many times as we walk through this life, somebody steps up and does that for the Father. They step up, they pay our bill, whatever that may look like, but don't miss it. That this was, <laughs> this was a, a blessing of the tribe of Judah and a picture of what God knew would happen as we try to get God's eyes in this iron section, right? It's just amazing that here is the, uh, you know, in, as far as to do, right? God's will is, is, is the idea of the original wisdom that we saw in the first verse. But here, the understanding of that is we can't do enough. <laughs> so we need, we need a cosigner. And who is there for us but Jesus in this? And, and so to, to share another story, you know, I remember one of the most terrifying things that we went through when we lost you know, all our money, which again, you know, had to do with that, what God was afflicting us with at the time, which we know through his judgment, things are being made right. And we don't always understand all the affliction that's coming on, but just like we had talked about in that verse that is back in the Yud section that says, I know that thy judgments are right and in faithfulness thou has afflicted us. Well, I know his judgment was right and in faithfully he afflicted us so we had no money. And we were desperate because my wife was at the time on some very important medicine, and we didn't have the money for the medicine. And um, I don't even know how um, my friend <laughs> Jerry was at Ray's Body Shop, got a hold of two or three other people, and they put together very quickly a package with whatever pharmacy where they just called me and said, you know, we've got this handled for you. And you know, when, you, when you're just wondering how in the world you're going to make it and all of a sudden somebody pays your bill, 
<laughs> you know, somebody, however they go about doing it, it's just absolutely a spectacular thing. And so since, you know, it, it's, it's kind of neat when God gives you the opportunity to see a need and, and, and meet it, and, and that's really what the Jesus labor love is, okay, for us, like, as we get a chance to see single moms, widows, families in crisis in need, and they can't pay their bill. They don't, they don't know what to do. Many times they don't get to work. A lot of times they have children that have medical needs, and they need to get them to the doctor and that kind of thing. And through your prayers and, and through what you give to the Jesus Labor Love here at ChristianCarGuy.com, of course, is the way that all that gets done because it's really fulfilling this verse because it, in fact, you know, I love how God named this for me when he gave me the idea of the ministry is call it the Jesus, so that there's no doubt always for the applicant that is getting help. Where did this come from? <laughs> the Jesus labor, <laughs> okay? Where did I get this money to fix this car? Where did I get this car? Or where whatever happened? I don't want anybody to miss the point that the surety for good is coming from Jesus. And, and as is the whole vision of God as we see here in the understanding of the letter I am. <laughs>